Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. It's Fantasy Sports Today right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, FNTSY. Dan Strapper, George Kurtz along with you to talk about Championship Weekend in the National Football League. We'll also take a look back at 2018 Fantasy Football, take a look ahead at 2019, because why the heck not? Uh, and we will talk about these two uh, football games on our horizon, but we'll talk about some of the news around the National Football League as well. Uh, new coaches, new places, uh, and we'll take a look back at last weekend as well, what we can learn, what may have uh, some fantasy implications this week if you're still in playoff leagues or if you're playing some DFS. Tons to get to over the next two hours. George, how are you on this Saturday morning? I'm breathing. I, I'm, I'm breathing. Uh, I've, had, I've had a flu all week, so it's been uh, it's been an interesting week. That's a low bar, my friend. But what I'm very happy to be above. <laughs> uh, that's true. That's true. So you did you have, and I, I don't mean to, you had the, the, the flu, or did you have a really bad cold? Because I know that gets people like to, to use different terms for different things. Uh, I, I would call it the flu. Wife says okay. it's borderline because my wife's a nurse. Says it's borderline, oh. but I had a fever, chills, and everything else that came along with it. But unfortunately for me, I uh, I get a cough from these things, and now this yeah. cough will probably never ever go away. Yeah, we we uh, we had the uh, cough in our house for about what seemed like seven weeks, uh, and then our youngest uh, has had back to back double ear infections over the past three weeks. So it's been fun in our house. I hate to hear that you were sick. I uh, hope we can uh, make you feel a little bit better across uh, the, the hours we have here on this radio program this morning. And uh, I figure no no better place to start than Scott Linehan being fired. Um, so uh, the Dallas Cowboys have moved on from their offense coordinator of the past five years. Um, I don't know if they bowed to you know the outcry from media and fans alike when they said they were bringing Linehan back. Jason Garrett said, you know, Scott will be back. We want to move forward. We don't see a lot of changes coming to our staff. And then a few days later, Linehan's out. Um, quick take here from you, George, on Linehan's tenure, what the, the Cowboys could have been, and where you want them to turn, where you think that uh, maybe there's a coach out there you'd like to see them interview and bring in uh, to help Dak and, and get Zeke's uh, highest potential. Well, you know, it's a little late in the process here. So many coaches have been hired already, right? So <clears throat> Dallas didn't name an immediate uh, replacement, which would lead you to think that they have somebody in mind from the 14th playing on tomorrow. Yep. I mean, that's, that's the first thing that comes to mind for me, that one of the, uh, there's a coach that they like. Who it is, I don't know. I mean, there are some other names that have been thrown out there as well, but the other names I've seen thrown out there are guys they can interview already. You would have heard their name already, and that they haven't come up. So i got to think that it's one of two things. Either it's a coach from tomorrow, or it's somebody on staff, and they just haven't finalized it yet. You know, maybe it's Jason Garrett going to call players again. Oh, boy. Uh, do I, the thing is this. Listen, I wasn't anybody knows. I'm not a Linehan guy. Uh, 
<coughs> but uh, this also wasn't all his fault. All right, it, it's in some ways this is just lipstick on, lipstick on a pig. You still have Jason Garrett as head coach. You're still going to play conservative. I have no doubt that Linehan was told to play a conservative game plan. Don't take too many chances. So I don't know if, if things change at all as far as the Cowboys' offense is concerned. Now, the one thing you did mention that uh, could happen is that the next the guy is better at bringing along Dak Prescott, who's regressed since year one. I don't think anybody could say any differently. Every number he has has regressed since year one. His yep. rating just keeps going down. He's, you know, he's not throwing interceptions. Nobody's not throwing the ball. Everything's short. Can't throw the ball deep. So I guess there's some hope there. But I mean. <laughs> This was strange, right? Because you, uh, everything you said was true. You didn't, uh, without going into detail. I mean, Monday, oh, dear, nope, every, no, 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 change. Everything's fine. Wednesday, Linehan's fired. Yeah. It lets you know who's in charge. I mean, not that we didn't know this, but it lets you know who's in charge. You know, Garrett has no say here. He tried to come. He was asked bluntly. Uh, I think. I think in the, uh, the press conference Monday, do you have control of your staff? You know, and he took a second, and he went, "Well, you know, it's collaborative effort." That's no, Jason. Yeah, that's, okay, that's, that's no. <laughs> Okay, nice try. You know, hey, nice try. You that's a very good media cover up there. You know, Bill Belichick would be proud. But uh, you know, that, that's no. And then two, two two days later, he's fired. I mean, uh, good for Jerry Jones, but yeah, you, know, you probably should have got rid of everybody. Everybody on that Cowboy staff, I believe, now was on a one year contract. Uh, so that's another thing. Who's gonna you know think about Dan? Would you want to come in here on a one year deal? And if you're you're a decent guy. Was Jerry Jones going to give you a four-year deal, knowing that if he has to fire Jason Garrett at the end of next year, and everybody right. else on the staff, for that matter, I shouldn't say fire, just not renew their contract, that now the new coach has to take on this guy? What does that say? So I said a lot of this just doesn't make any sense. The, the only way I see, and uh, it was funny, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you saw, Wade Phillips had the uh, comments out there of, uh, hey, my son knows Sean McVay, if anyone wants it. Yeah, and that's great, but now... Hey, you know, tight ends coach can move up to offense coordinator. Maybe, maybe the the Cowboys take a look. They they knew uh, Wade Phillips there in Dallas for a while. Um, West Phillips coach in Dallas, right? Exactly. So um, I wonder here, George, if they bring someone in at the offense coordinator level with the idea, and this is a stretch, I admit it, that they are the next head coach. That you are bringing brought in. If uh, Garrett fails, you are the one to be promoted next season. If Garrett succeeds, then you stay on. And Garrett stays on, and, and you guys continue to, to do it that way. I don't know that they would discuss that, but I wonder if in the back of mind, you're trying to find someone who bridges that gap a little bit um, and gives you some continuity moving forward. I, I don't know. I, I don't know where they go. I think there are enough you know, offensive line and, and uh, wide receiver coaches, running back coaches who are part of these coaching trees. And yes, the Sean McVay joke, but of, you know, McVay and Andy Reid and uh, different pieces that you may see some of these teams try to go to. I just don't know that the Cowboys are thinking that way. To your point, I think they're still going to be a conservative run first offense. Um, maybe they can hire somebody from Seattle. And maybe that's what we're they'll, they'll take a look at the Seahawks and say, oh, you know, they're, they're similar to what we want to do. Let's let's hire someone from their world. Um, I don't know. I think it's an interesting offseason now. And you made the point that they're late in the process of it. A lot of these bigger names have already been hired. Um, you do have Hugh Jackson out there. That that could be something. Like I said, my guess is this. We haven't heard any names. Yeah, no, it has right. to be some. Yeah. It has to be somebody from these one of these four teams. I don't think it's West Phillips. I don't. Okay, so I don't think Wade will push that out there. If, if the Cowboys said, uh, "Let it be known they like they want Wes," so I, I right. find that unlikely. And uh, I just think it has to be somebody else. But I don't know who. I mean, who. Who could it be? 
Uh, so it, it's uh once again, you know, Jerry Jones, he loves this because it keeps the Cowboys in the uh in the headlines. You know, he's sort of doing what George Steinman we used to do, you know, fire somebody when there was no news. So the yeah, Yankees were in the headlines. Same thing Jerry Jones is doing here. So uh, it's curiosity, but I don't think this changes all that much. I think we're going to talk to him again next year if they had to, uh, to fire everybody and start from scratch. Reasonable, reasonable take, and I think uh, it's one to keep an eye on, but obviously we do have these two games this weekend that will have everyone's attention. Uh, we'll get to them uh Later on this hour, I want to talk a little bit about last week to see if we get an idea of what we'll see this week. Uh, also get, uh, George, your take on uh, the Chiefs beat up on the Colts. I mean, it was pretty boring weekend of football until the Saints-Eagles game. Um, you had the Rams over the Cowboys. Wasn't much of a contest there. Chiefs over the Colts. Patriots trounced the Chargers. It seemed like yeah, that third week of traveling second week in a row on the East coast. The chargers came out really flat in that game on Sunday and Tom Brady and, and Sonny Michelle just sort of run, ran roughshod over them. Any takeaways for you looking back on those games, whether from an NFL perspective, a fantasy perspective, or, or just a fan perspective on how any of those four games turned out and things you think roll forward into championship weekend. It was just dis- disappointing for what's generally the best weekend of football. I mean, you mentioned it, even the Eagle game, they scored two touchdowns in the first quarter. That's it. And they shut it down. It was like, damn, can we get one good game? You know, uh, I like to be entertained. You know, I'm at, I'm at the uh, at the drugstore uh, the other day. And uh, I'm not picking up my drugs because I'm dying. And uh, I'm, I'm wearing a, uh, a cowboy jacket. And, uh, you know, an older guy goes also online at the pharmacy. goes, hey, who are you, who are you rooting for tomorrow? Uh, or whatever, Sunday. I'm like, you know, I don't have any rooting interest. Just want to see a good game, want to be entertained. You know, he's agreeing with me, but I think that's what my, most of us feel. He was a Giants fan, so if you're not shocking in New York, I know. So if you're not, you know, if you really don't have any you know, dog in the hunt, no fantasy, you're not putting any money on the game, it's just a straight game, I just want to be entertained. That's right. all I want to be. And last weekend, I wasn't. I just wasn't. I mean, you mentioned it, the uh, KC game, Boy, I know the score was somewhat good, but it was it was over. Casey's now played in Indianapolis, looked lost. You know, the, the night game, not sure. It ended up being an eight-point game, but Dallas was never really in that game after the first quarter. They always seemed to be two uh, scores behind, and they were just never there. They were never uh, they couldn't stop the run for anything, so you knew uh, the Rams were never in any doubt. You already said it about the Patriot game. That was over, but on the opening kickoff. Yep. It's, it's strange. It's, it's just, what's going on here? And like I said, the Eagle game was better. Definitely better. At least that was something to watch. We could watch. <coughs> we could watch it for four quarters, but it wasn't exciting, right? You know, it, it just wasn't. It wasn't the kind of game we thought it might be. So, uh, I just thought it was a very disappointing weekend of football. I agree. Uh, was one that uh, was pretty easy to turn away from, and that's not what the NFL wants on playoff weekend from their ratings perspective uh, and advertising, obviously. But it was pretty easy to walk away and see that again. Uh, our top seeds are moving on. Uh, we hear about parity every year in the NFL, and that's absolutely true. Um, you know, you get different division winners, different wild card winners, uh, the Patriots every year, but hey, that's a different story. Um, the, the playoffs are shaking out more and more to be the top two seeds. Um, and so you're not getting any sort of what we get out of other sports. You know, we're not getting the upsets in the NFL when it comes to the actual playoffs. Now, we'll see stuff during the season like the Colts, you know, worst to first. That's great. And that is definitely parity. But when it all shakes out, those teams on by, 
uh, really have such a, a leg up on the competition uh, that it seems year over year it's becoming a, a foregone conclusion that one and two is moving on to the championship game. And then obviously we're going to have two of the favorites in the conference uh, squaring off in the Super Bowl. And hopefully that makes for a great Super Bowl. Hopefully that makes for you know an evenly matched or closely matched game that we get um a close one because that's what we're all looking for other than the, the fans of those teams obviously um we're all looking for an uh, to George's point an entertaining game one that keeps us engaged for four quarters one that hopefully comes down to a few plays in the fourth or at least keeps us uh engaged as i said to the fourth uh and I think this weekend, these two games, we'll get to them uh, coming up in the next segment and, and work our way through the matchups uh, of each one. We'll talk a little bit. Uh, it's funny if you uh, are a prop better or if you're somebody who just enjoys uh, tracking them here with George and I as we talk about them or, or across other platforms, wherever it may be. Uh, there are a ton more prop bets this week. There are some crazy ones getting us ready for uh, the Super Bowl where it's the, the, the mother load of all prop bets. Uh, but we'll read through some of them as we go through today and, and get our takes uh, on some some potential upside, some uh, potential gimmies uh, where they really set the line a specific way to get people engaged and on their sites trying to find them. Uh, and we'll uh, go through. But Looking back, uh, I would have to say, George, uh, running back matters crowd or running backs don't matter crowd. On the weekend, uh, you had Damian Williams and C.J. Anderson leading their teams in rushing, uh, both with at least a score. Anderson had two. He went 23 carries, 123 yards, and that was with Todd Gurley on the field. Um, Gurley rushed for what? I think 115 as well, right? So they rushed for near 250 yards. Insane game from the Rams on the ground. What do you take from an Anderson and a Williams moving forward? Do you think this is a week where we see Spencer Ware and and Todd Gurley uh, take their center stage? Or do you think these running backs and these situations are going to continue to be pretty fluid for all four of these teams where, you know, it could be a Kamara or an Ingram or it could be a Michelle Burkhead or White or it could be an Anderson or a Gurley, a Williams or a Ware. Uh, do Do you see it as... Running backs are really becoming a much more fluid position, and it's the offensive lines that are really shining through uh, for these teams. Well, you know, each one of the teams remaining has a uh, sort of has a dual, a dual running back, right? I mean, uh, you look at the Patriots; you got James White and Sony Michelle, Kamara, Kamara and Ingram, Gurley and C.J. Anderson. Uh, so that I find that intriguing, to put it nicely, that uh, all these teams have that Warren Williams for uh, for Kansas City. Uh, I think. I think Williams is the guy you want in KC. I think where, you know, I think he probably might have been just as good. But he got hurt. Williams took over a job, and Williams looks dynamic. Yeah, he's the, he can do it all. Catch the ball, run the ball, uh, short yardage. Not, not that Ware won't play. I think Ware's going to play, yes. But Williams has been too good. I'm not ignoring him. Uh, you know, in Los Angeles, uh, well, I guess in New Orleans, but uh, for the Rams, I don't know what to make of last week. The fact that because C.J. Anderson played more, including early yep. in the game, this wasn't yep. like oh it was all garbage time and they were just splitting it up. No, no, this was C.J. Anderson's game here. Is Curly still hurt? Something still bothering him? Uh, you know the Rams realized early on we we don't need uh, to you know to give it to him 25, 30 times. We can split it. You know, or C.J. Anderson the second coming it was Dallas was that pathetic last week. A combination right. of all of it. You know, <laughs> which is probably where the truth lies here. Uh, I, I'm still starting Gurley, but. In DFS, I'm probably not going to pay for him. There's too many other good choices here. There's, like I said, there's a chance that Gurley's just not recovered. This injury is worse than they've let on here, and he can't touch the ball more than 10, 12 times. 
you know, that's unlikely. They're not, they're not going to try and give that to him unless the situation dictates it in the second half. So I'd be very careful with Gurley. It's uh, a situation to keep an eye on and uh, one to have some fun with. I think that you have some interesting uh, discussions to be had moving forward in the NFL and in fantasy football. I know a lot of people uh, do the research and, and make the uh, point to understand offensive lines, but I know a lot of other people when drafting fantasy football just go off rankings, go off past season uh, and, and what what uh, what happened years before. And I think you really have to start to take into consideration, one, we're a running back by committee league at this point, uh, but also these offensive lines really, really matter and really are going to make a difference in how running backs perform uh, and in ways that we probably haven't thought of in the past. So health matters and still matters. Back with more after this. We'll start breaking down these contests, talking some DFS and some betting as well. Dan and George right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Sean Engel behind the glass on the ones and twos. Also uh, making us laugh between those breaks. Appreciate you, Sean, each and every week here on Fantasy Sports Today. Uh, Dan and George, we're going to start bringing down uh, the weekend of football. We get two games uh, Sunday, uh, 3 o'clock starting to 6 o'clock start. Obviously, a lot has been made about uh, the... Weather in Kansas City. We'll touch on that a little bit. Uh, we will also uh, just break down these games as best we as we can. Uh, take a look at uh, what may or may not transpire. Uh, what offense and defensive uh, upside we see uh, from both of these teams. Or sorry, I should say all four of these teams. Uh, and figure out uh, exactly where we can lead you from a DFS perspective. Obviously, George, uh, two-game slate. There's going to be a lot of uh, similar lineups out there. Uh, so it's going to be a, an interesting process to try to figure out how to be different how to how to be a little con- a little bit contrarian in your lineup construction if you're playing in tournaments uh, to try to get some uh, pieces together that may not be in someone else's lineup but still have upside uh, mainly looking at you Chris Hogan but uh, we'll try to figure that out as we go through here uh, we'll talk about uh, the early game first Rams Saints uh, this is a contest that should have a ton of points, George. Uh, before we even get into sort of the full game breakdown, looking at the players, uh, general sense here uh, of how this game will run. Uh, do you think we see any defense in this one, or do we see this as a, a pushing 56.5 fairly easily? I think you're going to see, uh, I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as we think it's going to be. Saints haven't been really playing on all cylinders for a while now, you know, offensively. I keep Tlaib's back for the Rams. 
Um, I mean, if I'm uh, the Rams, Tlaib follows Mike Thomas everywhere. Yep. You know, Mike Thomas has to go to the bathroom, and Tlaib's there with a towel. It's really that simple for me. I'm not letting him go anywhere. He's certainly, I want Thomas away from Marcus Peters as much as possible. No gumbo. All right, so uh, really, uh, that's the way I'm going to approach this thing here. Uh, I think the Rams saw what, uh, what happened with the Cowboys last week when uh, they can run the ball all over the place and control the clock. Saints are without their best run stopper. Hankins is out. So, therefore, I'm running the ball. Kill clock. You know, keep breezing uh, off the field. You know, don't let that dome crowd get into it. You know, I can see this always playing out. Uh, so I don't think it's going to be as, uh, as high scoring as we think for those reasons. I think the Rams are going to run the ball, kill clock. And I just haven't seen the Saints' offense in a couple of weeks now. I think they took their foot off the gas somewhat because they had everything locked up. And yep. they've had a hard time getting it back. And, you know, when you look at it, and the Rams, I go back to that Dallas game, Dallas-Rams, that Thursday night game, uh, when Dallas shut down the Rams. You get in Drew Brees' face, up the middle, cover Mike Thomas, you know, and you can do some damage here. And we know the Rams can get power up the middle. Aaron Donald, you can't stop him. You, you literally have to hope you slow him down. You know, that, that's really the way it is. And the Dominican Sue can play like he did last week, too, and make some noise. That's power and strength up the middle. That can cause some problems there. You know, so uh, I'm, I don't think this is a, I don't think it's a high score. Not like a 40-30, anything like that. I don't. All right, we'll we'll go through and, and see who you think is going to perform. I do find that these two defenses have been playing better than people think. And you made the comment about Tlaib, the front four uh, for the Rams, and obviously front eight when they rotate guys in and out, but have been pretty darn good. Uh, and this is a team that has uh, some definite upside in, on defense. And yes, uh, their secondary was a bit of a sieve on the year, but this is uh, uh, an intriguing matchup from uh, a defensive perspective because I think these defenses are a little bit better than uh, we give them credit for at times. It is a 56.5 over under. It opened at 56. Uh, implied total for the Rams is 26.5. Uh, the Saints are at 30, so that's a minus three and a half line in favor uh, of the New Orleans Saints. And hey, home team, playoffs, dome, uh, maybe they're not getting as much uh, credit as we may think. And we'll talk about a team uh, playing the underdog card a little later on with uh, yield New England Patriots and their hype video out there. But we'll, we'll talk about that at, at a later moment in the show. Uh, we'll go through here. <sighs> Listen, I I feel as though you're right on this Saints offense that we haven't seen the full throated, you know, full cylinder attack. I just wonder if we haven't needed to see it and if it's available. You, you, we talk a lot about narratives, um, mainly because they're fun to discuss and, and mainly because you get into the weeds on stats and, and you want to find some of the human nature, the, the, the human interest story around some of the statistics we discuss. And a lot of the time, motivation is one of them. You know, are they motivated? Can they turn on at the right moment. We talk a lot about players being rested week 17. Should you rest? Should you sit your starters or should you keep playing? You know, you have a bye week following. Should you be doing this? Should you be doing that? No, they're all professionals. And I think when push comes to shove, if they're good enough, and these guys are, uh, you'll see their best. Um, obviously, if the other team, if they can sort of impose their will, if they can do what they want. So I, I don't doubt that New Orleans is going to come out here and, and try to get the ball to Kamara, get the ball out in the flat to Kamara. We didn't see that a ton last week. It seemed like he went for a good part of the first half with, without a target. Um, and I, I think we're going to see that a bit more here. Try to get that defensive line off balance. Try to get him away from the middle of the field, uh, get them outside. Uh, and I'm intrigued by how 
Sean Payton goes after this. Uh, this is two of the, you know, great minds in the NFL, two guys who probably read their press clippings a little bit between McVay uh, and Sean Payton and enjoy uh, the, the, the chess uh, aspect of uh, the uh, gamesmanship going back and forth. So this will be a, a fun one, and I think this is going to be a fun one to break down here. So let's start uh, with the Los Angeles Rams side of the ball. Uh, they have a 26.5 implied total, George. Uh, you've already touched on a bit of the defensive side. From an offensive perspective, uh, this is a Jared Goff-led team, but uh, it is clearly a team that is leaning on the run heavily. You have Todd Gurley and CJ Anderson uh, who have become a, a very formidable one-two one, two punch. Uh, Anderson was what cut by three different teams this year. Is that right? Uh, to, to end up with the Rams when all is said and done. A great story. Uh, but what do you see from the rushing attack here? Do you think New Orleans, as you said, with uh, that hole up front, is ripe to be run over? Or do you think that's just a game plan the Rams need to go after and one that New Orleans can uh, stuff a little bit here at the start of this game? Well, I think it's pretty obviously the first thing you try. Right? I mean, uh, mentioned they have the uh, Saints have the injury, so they're behind the eight ball there. You want to keep the breeze off the field anyway. You want to take the crowd out of the game. Run game will do that. You know, not that anyone expects you to anywhere near the success you did against the Cowboys last week. I mean, that that would be you know two weeks ago that'd be psychotic. But the fact that you did have that success, the fact that the Saints are beat up, the fact that it does make sense to do it, and also I think uh, in some ways they're trying to protect golf somewhat. You know, where they they don't want to put it all on his uh, in his hands on his shoulders. So I think they I think they're gonna try and run the ball. I think it, uh, everything dictates they should. That'd be stupid not to. You know, unless unless you what because Peyton's gonna think that too, and the Saints will think that too. So go pass heavy. You know, once again, you're playing like DFS go contrarian. I mean, uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're gonna try and run the ball. You got Todd Gurley. I understand he's probably not a full strength. I get that. You know, but he can play. See, Jansen's look damn good too. You know, if, if me, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, I, I'm running the ball. If they can stop it, all right, then we go to plan B. You know, they've, they've done their job. They've stopped the run. Then I'll go, we'll, we'll go more pass heavy here. But until they prove they can do that, I think the Rams are going to try and run the ball down their throat. Makes a ton of sense here. And, and I think you have a quarterback who can help you win this game and could win it potentially on his own. But he's shown, you know, a little bit of regression's the wrong word. But this has been a season where he hasn't had to do as much. Uh, the offense has picked him up at times from the run game. And uh, we've seen uh, some teams start to figure out a little bit of Sean McVay. They still had a great season and, and will continue to run this fast offense out there. But I think if early on here, you're going to get a, a rushing attack from the Rams, which is funny, George, because I, I decried uh, Seattle and, and uh, the Cowboys, but here it just seems to make more sense. And a phrase that's uh, probably overused, let's establish the damn run, right? Let, let, let's let's see what the, the Rams can do on the ground. And this isn't to say first and 10, run the ball, second and 10, run the ball, third and eight, pass it. It's saying that this is a, a dynamic offense that's going to use a variety of different looks um, off the snap that you're going to try to get C.J. Anderson and, and uh, Todd Gurley free. So I, I agree with you. I think that's going to be first stop. If you have to put the ball in Jared Goff's hands, who do you think the wide receivers are that you think uh, have some upside here? What matchups uh, do you think on the uh, Rams side of the ball are, are at least intriguing? Ones you're looking to watch, ones that uh, you think have some upside or, or a wide receiver who might have a big day for the Rams here? Well, I mean, it's the, the normal characters. We're all going to like Robert Woods. 
You know, uh, Brandon Cooks is going to get his deep shots, I'm sure. Uh, you know, if he connects on them, great. If he doesn't, no. Uh, Josh Reynolds, I like him as well here. And you've got to figure it'll be a lot of one-on-one. Yeah, because I think the safety is going to be in the box. You know, at least close to it where you can get over the top on these guys. So Cooks could have a nice game. Like I said, it only takes one for Cooks. You know, and then uh, you'll take the the rest is gravy there. So uh, you'll see if that'll happen there. Uh, it's going to be, you know, it, it is a chess match in some ways. What's going to go? What's going to happen here? Yeah, uh, yeah. You mentioned the Cowboys. You mentioned the Seahawks. The problem with those two teams is they don't seem, especially Seattle in the uh, in the Cowboy game, in the playoff game, they couldn't get out of the game plan for some reason. Run wasn't working. He was second and eight, second and twelve every damn play. Cowboys had the run stop, but you still went with it. It was strange. You know, and Dallas does the same thing. They don't get away from it when it's not working, when teams are, are uh, you know, they've, they've, they've stopped it. They've got it, right? You have to move on here. Dallas last week is the Rams. Same thing. Rams stopping the run. Everything was stacked. They had it. They were telling you, we're not going to let you beat us with the, with the run. you got to beat us with the pass. Yet Dallas, the, uh, Seattle against Dallas, Dallas against the Rams, they wouldn't change their philosophy. That's the problem in today's NFL. Too many of uh, these teams can't realize it's not working. I think the Rams will have that problem if the Saints do. All right, they are able to stop the run for whatever reason. You know, Gurley and Anderson, they can't get on track to getting nothing. McVay is not going to run, you know, himself into oblivion into the halfway through the fourth quarter. They go, all right, finally, I'll stop the pass. He'll change it up quickly, maybe too quickly. Yep. That's the other problem. It's, it's a delicate balance. That's why an offensive coordinator can't win. You know, you follow the game plan, or you follow your strength too much, and the team team's stopping it. Teams like, why didn't you adjust? You know, you adjust too early. Why didn't you wait it out? You know, you need the running back needs time. Yeah, so it's a delicate balance of knowing when that time is uh, is up. That's okay. It's not working. Is it halfway through the second quarter? Is it the third, second half? Whatever it might be. You know, so that's that's the problem here. But I don't think McVay will have that problem. If they if they, if they say, hey, we need to throw the ball, they'll throw the ball. Goff will right. put the ball. Well, Goff is. I mean, he's got a gun. Yeah. Yes, he was a little. Uh, I'm trying. To, I know you struggled to find the word too. And uh, you're right. It's the regress probably isn't fair. Uh, but he didn't play as well in the second half as he did in the first half. Actually, he hasn't played as well when you think about it since Cooper Cup went down. Yep. You know, maybe that was his uh, you know, um, his security blanket. You know, maybe he's just not as sh- uh, sure of himself. Strange when you think about it. Gurley had a great year, so you, once again, you weren't seeing a lot of pass pressure because teams were playing the run all, all year long. So you would think he yes, would have kept it up, but I think he did lose some of his security blanket there. But that being said, you know, he had a, he, playing in a dome earlier this year, I know they got blown out in the first half, but they scored a thousand points in the second half. I think he has some confidence here. I think he's if if, if McVeigh says, "Hey, we have to throw the ball," I don't think Goff's going to have much of a problem doing it. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. I, this, these teams at this point in the year, obviously in the playoffs, are four of, if not four, the four best uh, on the season and ones that uh, have all the upside in the world, right? Have, have the ability to get this done, have the ability to change up and play offense in multiple different ways. Uh, so you're going to see the opportunity here for uh, these offensive pieces to come together. I just wonder what we're going to get from a defensive scheme from the New Orleans Saints. They had a much better year uh, as the year went on. That's not right. They had much better weeks as the year went on uh, and really showed that the the rush defense, you make the point of some injuries up front, uh, but the rush defense was really solid and the pass defense struggled at times but uh, could make their way uh, to to be at least serviceable. So uh, from a, a defensive perspective, the Saints could have their hands full and should have their hands full as we look at the same side of the ball, I feel like this is the, the day that we should see Alvin Kamara get 10 targets. 
I, I don't see how you just run the ball with him. I think that this is a game, and listen, this is not to say that the Rams uh, on on rush defense are gonna gonna beat the world, um, but this is saying that. I think that the front four and the front eight, as I said before, is dynamic, uh, is dangerous enough here. Um, you mentioned Sue, you have Donald, you have all these guys that uh, obviously are, are more pass rushers but are good up front. I'd love to see, George, the uh, New Orleans Saints really try to get Kamara outside and really get him on swing passes where I felt, I said it before anecdotally, that they just didn't target him last week. I think he ended up having six total targets, if I remember correctly, uh, in last week's game. Uh, double-checking here in the box score. Uh, last week, he had four targets and uh, four receptions, but just four targets. I'd love to see him closing in on double digits here uh, with a real high upside for multiple, if not double-digit catches. Do you see it the same, or do you think attacking this uh, defensive line is the best way to go through the middle uh, and keep things straight ahead for the New Orleans Saints? Well, you think about it. Uh, the Rams' run defense was pretty pathetic all season long, so mm-hmm. Dallas had the right game plan. Let's attack it. Didn't work. Mainly because Dallas doesn't have the passing game to really threaten the Rams. They weren't worried about it. You know, I think the Rams had, were great last week. Think about it. You know what? We're not letting Zeke Elliott beat us. You know, if Derek Prescott can do it, that's a different story here. But we're not going to let Zeke Elliott beat us. I could see them doing the same exact thing tomorrow. Mainly because of a keep Tlaib. You know, Tlaib uh, can lock down. Thomas one-on-one. I mean, you can't stop him, but he can slow him down where Thomas can't control the game. Yep. So you do that, and you think about it, and you make sure that Kamara can't, and Engel can't destroy you in the run game. Where are the points coming from for the Saints? You know, Kirkwood's out. Not that he's a threat. Anyway, Kirkwood's out. Watson's out. I mean, the Saints are in some, uh, have some problems in the passing game here. There's no secondary receiver. There's a reason they signed Brandon Marshall, signed Des Bryant, we're looking for uh, that second wide receiver all season long. Yep. Yeah, because they know they only have Mike Thomas. You go up against one good quarterback, the offense could be slowed down. Could be. I'm not saying it will be, but it could be. You know, the formula is there. Don't let Kamara beat you. That being said, I don't think the Kamara can do it in the run game, but maybe he can in the passing game. Get him Michael outside. Thomas. Michael Thomas, 16 targets last week, 12 receptions. Uh, wow. That's ridiculous. Yards. Well, it was, and you know what the Saints do so well, and um, this is mainly anecdotal watching the games over the past couple weeks, is they get Thomas on short routes over the middle that just become almost de facto runs. And I, I say that uh, with an obvious, you know, understanding that they're not runs. <laughs> I'm not trying to make it sound, but they get him on three to four uh, yard slants, uh, hooks, and everything over the middle that Breeze just finds him so easily. And he is so open and give him a chance to just sort of stretch his legs and make people miss. Um, they'll go deep with him, sure, and they'll you know use him all over the field and use him on outs, but it just seems like on a regular basis on third and six, it's Thomas over the middle for four yards and then the stretch for two more, and, and they just keep the chains moving. Um, I... I I agree with you here. I think that this matchup doesn't come down to Tlaib versus Thomas, 11 guys on both sides of the ball that are trying to uh, enforce their will, but I think that will be a large part of how this game shakes out. 
and whether or not the Rams can really make a difference uh, in focusing on taking Thomas and Kamara out, make Ingram and Ted Ginn beat you. Um, I think that's going to be a really big focus here. Coming uh, back on the other side of this break, we're going to take a look at all the prop bets, uh, the wagering that you can do, all the variety of things that are now released uh, in the betting world. So with that said, back with more after this. Fantasy Sports Day, Dan and George, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Dan Strapper, George Kurtz here on Fantasy Sports Today. Two hours of uh, us, uh, Dan and George. Find George on Twitter, at George Kurtz. Of course, find me at Dan Strapper, and FNTSY Radio over there on Twitter as well. Time to look at some prop bets. And George Moore, a overview here first. Uh, there's a lot more to choose from <laughs> this uh, this week. And not surprisingly, as you get uh, smaller and smaller games, uh, meaning a number of games, uh, you're going to get more and more action in a different way. Obviously, we've made mention here on this program that the Super Bowl is the mother of all prop bets. Uh, you get uh, everything and, and anything to bet on there. Uh, so I want to take a look at some of these over the top or what I deem over the top and kind of crazy in-depth props. And then we'll get into the normal ones about yardage and, and touchdowns and, and passing yards and the like. But uh, some of these at the top. And again, I'm using uh, a site. I'm not going to give them uh a plug here, but uh, there are multiple ways to find prop bets these days. There are multiple places to log in and find them. Find uh, shop around, as uh, George has said before. Uh, find where you get the lines you like, and make sure that you're keeping exactly you're uh, keeping uh, keeping your options open. You don't want to just say you you don't go into the first car dealership and buy a car. Well. Maybe you do, but uh, you, you shouldn't. <laughs> you should find the best deal for you. So uh, hopefully uh, you do that as well when it comes to your wagering and you're finding one uh, with the best payouts and, and the best uh, uh, lowest prices and, and the like. So some of these new prop bets this week. Who has the first rush attempt? Todd Gurley, over three and a half yards. Oh, sorry, not who has the first rush. His first rush attempt. Is it over three and a half yards? First rush attempt for Alvin Kamara. Is it over four and a half yards? Most receiving yards. Woods versus Thomas. Robert Woods is plus 140. Michael Thomas minus 195. More receiving yards. Cooks versus Ginn Jr. Brandon Cooks minus 200. Ted Ginn Jr. plus 140. Time of first score. On or after six minutes elapsed, minus 120. Before six minutes elapsed, minus 120. So sort of a pick there. So, George, you're already seeing these uh, a, a nice ad here of different ways to enjoy the game, different prop bets. Are you going to go as deep as some of these um, where you're getting more, uh, you know, player one, player one versus player two or, or specific plays in the game? Or will you stick to the higher level uh, full game prop bets? When it comes to prop bets, now I like prop bets. I like them a lot. And I might like them even more this weekend if I don't like the spreads. And right now, I'm not in love with them. You know, so I tend to go with the props then. Uh, because props, 
you know, let's just say you have 50 of them and you'll have more. If you want, if you really want to look, you'll have more than, but you'll have 50. You don't have to bet all 50. I can bet five. Just find the five you like. Yep. You know, if you hate 45, doesn't matter. You could hate, literally hate 90% of them. That's fine. You know, just find the five you like. You know, the ones you mentioned, I, eh, I, mean, I may have an opinion, but I don't love any of them. I didn't love any of them, but I'll find five I like that I own. Wow. I think this is a lock. You know, and that's where my money's going then, because that those are the ones I like. That's why I like profits. You have so many choices of what to do here. They're, they're fun. They are fun. You know, I mentioned my brother before. He does he does a million of them, and I understand why they're fun. And they're over with quick. You can find out your profit in the first half. Up, oh, lost. Hell, you can find out the first drive, lost, and then you, you, well, you can the, make the more. James, the James White, the James White uh, right. uh, receiving. Yeah, was I think in the first twelve minutes of the game, you were like, oh, yep, I got it. All right, great. But, that, that, but that's go also let you know hey, you won. So you can, if therefore, or I guess if you won, you're happy. But if you lost, you're like, damn it. Well, then you can, you know, you can go in the second half or the next game. Whatever you got to do. You don't have to wait till the end of the game to find out. That's what's nice about prop bets. That's why I, I, I kind of dig them. I like them. Uh, <laughs> so <clears throat> I will definitely play my fair share of props tomorrow. You know, I think it'll be it'll be fun to do. Uh, I'm not in love. I said I have no rooting interest in the game. So if I was the other Cowboys are playing, I probably wouldn't because I don't want to have my uh, thinking swayed one way or the other. But uh, they're not playing. I will have my, my share here. I have my thoughts and I know which way I'll go. I think prop bets in some ways, uh, in a lot of ways to me, is much more fun than betting a spread. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think there's more to watch. And I, I appreciate the vantage point, too, of find the ones you like and use those. Don't feel like you have to do everything. Don't feel like you have to make... It's the same with games each week. You get people who get so uh, involved and so focused on having to pick everything. You, you don't. You, you just don't have to. And you, you can find one or two. And depending on the site you're on and uh, whether you're in a state like New Jersey with you know the, the betting apps that are out there or if you're going out to different sites, there are a variety of different ways to, to do this, but you don't have to do it. But to George's point, find the ones you like and, and use those. Like Find the ones that you actually think you have an edge on, that you have a take on, that you have confidence in and go from there. So we'll, we'll go through some of them. Uh, get George's take, uh, and then we will uh, continue on here to uh, discuss uh, what is uh, a fun weekend of NFL uh, football uh, each and every week. Uh, we've talked about it here on Fantasy Sports Day. It's been a lot of fun. Let's talk about some of these matchups and some of these prop bets. Uh, do you have a take? On receiving yards. I think those are at least intriguing. Uh, they also have lines with them, so you're obviously betting uh, a bit more of a money line here. Uh, who do you think has more yards, uh, Robert Woods or Michael Thomas? Have to be Michael Thomas, right? Has to be. I mean, uh, that's just that's a smart money there. I'm, I'll go with Michael Thomas. There's no one else for them to throw the ball to. Uh, Brandon Cooks or Ted Ginn Jr.? Cooks, once again. I mean, they're both... Uh, yeah. Cooks is a when better Ted Ginn. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'll go with Cooks, but they're both one big play. Yeah, so Cooks is minus 200, Ginn Jr. is plus 140, Thomas was minus 195 to Woods, plus 140. So again, you know, bet $10, what you make back uh, matters there. Uh, All right, let's uh, take a look at some of these more reasonable prop bets, or at least more projectable uh, prop bets. (laughs) There are even more, sorry. There's a first offensive play run, pass or run, uh, first turnover, is it an interception, a fumble, no turnovers, first team to score wins, yes, Uh, minus 200, no, plus 140, Longest touchdown scored. Shortest touchdown scored. Um, 
this is amazing. There are just so many uh, that you can go through here uh, as it comes through. But let's uh, take a look at some of the more uh, specific ones, such as total receiving yards. Uh, Brandon Cook, 71 and a half yards. See, uh, the problem with the Rams, they have three guys there. Yep. Right? So the, and a run game. So it's not going to pick on one guy. <laughs> I'm going to go under. All right. Uh, Michael Thomas, 98 and a half yards. That's a lot. I mean, that's a lot. The problem is you mentioned it early in the show. 16 targets last week. They have no one else to throw to. Mention no Watson tomorrow. Kirkwood's out tomorrow. I'm, I think Tlaib's on him most of the game, but I don't know this for sure. I'm going to have to go over again. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think there's reasonable, was it reasonable deniability here that, that Cooks could come, uh, sorry, Thomas could come under uh, if Tlaib and, and, you know, you see uh, Sean Payton figure something else out, whether Kamara or, or Ingram out of the backfield or uh, somebody else gets involved earlier, their defense maybe does something uh, here and you don't have to go to Thomas as much, but 16 targets is just a gigantic number. And I don't see why you wouldn't see 12 to 16 here, even if he's covered really well by Tlaib. Uh, so I think that is is reasonable. Receiving yards for Alvin Kamara, 39 and a half. I'm going over. I wonder if he's the second leading receiver tomorrow. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. That actually feels like... It feels like the right number. I feel like they're in the ballpark. I would have said 45 and a half or, or even up near 48. Uh, but I, I feel like it's just a, a, if the game goes the way we think it is or the way I think it should, uh, I think Kamara is going to have a ton of receiving yards. and may be the second, as you said, the second leading uh, receiver for the Saints pretty easily. Uh, total receiving yards, Ted Ginn Jr., 51 and a half. Uh, I mean, it's the, it's the Brandon Cooks thing again. One big play. Can he hit yep. it? Um, I think he sort of has to. I think he sort of has to. I think they may he may be the forgotten man tomorrow in the Rams secondary because uh, everyone's worried about Michael Thomas and Kamara. I'm going to go yes, he hits it. Uh, this is a fun one simply because we've seen him used on the season, but not a ton. Uh, but this is the sort of game where I feel like he... <laughs> He may have a bit too much influence on it when all is said and done. Ben Watson, total receiving yards, 14 and a half. I think they've already said Ben Watson's not going to play. Oh, I haven't seen that. Okay. Uh, he's got... So uh, take the under. Take the under. Take take it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm double checking now because I'm surprised that's still on the board there. But I believe... Oh, appendicitis. I didn't see that at all. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think the uh, Saints said they're not going to play him because of that, even if he uh, doesn't need the surgery. So, which, which makes me wonder, would he be back for the play- uh, playoffs, the, uh, the Super, Super Bowl? Bowl? You know, uh, questionable, but not expected to play. So, I'll take the under there. Yeah, that's, that's a bold call on your part. Uh, so who do we get there? Is it Josh Hill? Is that who we would see as the pass-catching tight end for New Orleans at that point? Probably, right? Yay! Yeah, uh, so I guess if you're playing DFS, uh, he's 2,500. Uh, so that's... Uh, do, do what you will with that information. Uh, I had not seen the appendicitis uh, mention. Uh, until uh, George just uh, brought it up. So uh, apologies for for going down that road. But uh, I do think Josh Hill's worthwhile now in DFS because, listen, 
Drew Brees finds a way to find a tight end from time to time, and you're looking for touchdown upside. I think you may get a score out of one of the tight ends. You also have, uh, who's the other one? Griffin, I think. Garrett Griffin is their other uh, tight end uh, there for New Orleans. Is that right? Am I getting that name right? Yeah, Garrett Griffin. Um, hasn't seen much playing time or targets, but uh, could be uh, find a, uh, a stray ball in the end zone uh, as uh, Brees tries to make it work. Uh, rushing and receiving yards totals. Uh, so I find these intriguing and also helps us uh, look forward. Well, let's do rushing only. Uh, Alvin Kamara, 64 and a half. 64, I mean, I'm going to go under. I think they're going to stop the run. All right, and Mark Ingram, 38 and a half. That's a low number. Yes, it is. Oh, man. Outside of the Watson one, I, I, these, I wouldn't bet any of these so far. But, uh, I'll go over on Ingram. I think they might give up on Kamara running the ball, especially uh, right through the uh, through the tackles. I think they'll Ingram may have a little bit more success, more run. I don't know. This only logic I can think of here. I'll go over. I, I like Kamara in the passing game though a whole lot. All right, let's go to totals, uh, and we've already touched on these a little bit. But total rushing and receiving yards, Todd Gurley, ninety-seven and a half. Normally, I would say easy, but man, at the last week, it makes you wonder they're going to split it again. I mean, yep. it's girly. How healthy is he? Still, I got to go over. Uh, Mark Ingram, 52 and a half. Well, if I think he gets over 38, I got to get somebody gets a catch or two. Yeah, I'll go over. Alvin Kamara, 100.5. Yeah, like I said, I think that his money tomorrow, his bread is buttered through the passing game tomorrow. I think he'll get, eh, you know, 40, 50 rushing yards and at least the same uh, passing. I'm going over there. Uh, all right, so that's the majority of the ones we've talked about. Uh, typically, we do have most passing yards, Jared Goff or Drew Brees. Uh, Goff at plus 110, Brees at minus 150. Any interest? Uh, I want to get the pens for... Uh, I'm going to go... What, what was the over-under again? Uh, you have plus 110 for Goff. Uh, who has more passing yards, Goff or Brees? Plus 110 for Goff, minus 150 for Brees. I mean, do you see a world where Goff? No, Goff's not going to. Yeah. No, he's yes. not. So it's just a matter of why I want to put that uh, the vig on. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go. It has to be Brees. It just has to be because I think uh, I think the Rams are going to be able to run the ball. That's the key there, yep. and I think they'll be able to stop yep. the run somewhat anyway. So I'm, I have to go Brees there. Question: yep. How much money would yep. I put on it? I like that one. Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Gurley versus Kamara, most rushing yards. Gurley. Minus 160 for Gurley, plus 115 for Kamara. Gurley, 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 Gurley. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, these are just some fun ones uh, if you want to uh, take some flyers. Specials, uh, opening kickoff to be returned for a touchdown. Yes is plus 8,800. So if you want to throw gonna, 10 I'm bucks down. No. And, I'm gonna yeah, no. I agree. But, uh, no is not an option. That's the fun part. Um... Uh, specialist Goff and Breeze have 300 pa- uh, plus pass yards each is minus 125 for yes. So that seems like an intriguing one. I guess we could see Goff at like 260 to 280. If that run game's working the way that we've talked about it, you could see Goff go under 300, couldn't you here? Sure. Sure. I could definitely see Goff going. I, and that's nothing against Goff. I think that's the way the game plan may dictate. I think he'll have a solid game. 
All right. Lots of prop bets. There's tons out there. Google it. You'll find different sites that are going to provide you different. Uh, there, you know, my bookie has like there's tons of different places you can go here uh, to find uh, some wagering options. I want to get your take, though, here, George, as we end uh, hour number one. Saints, Rams, who wins? What's the final score? Who's moving on to Super Bowl? I'm going with the Rams. I know that's against the grain. Everyone's picking the Saints. I just have not liked how I've seen the Saints play of late. They, they probably should have lost to the Eagles. I mean, if, if Alshon Jeffrey can catch the ball, they damn well might have lost here. So I'm going with the, uh, the Rams to pull the upset here. Uh, they were my pick from the beginning of the year, mainly because of all the offseason uh, additions they made. Didn't well work out well for a while, but I, I'm going with the Rams to upset the Saints. All right. I, too, am going with the Rams. Um, I, I think that this is... Uh, a 31-27 final, so I'm going to take the over as well. I know you're saying that uh, you felt as though there wouldn't be uh, potentially that many points scored, uh, but I, I will take the over. I mean, that's a half point I'm talking about there. So, um, But uh, take the over. I'm going to take the Rams. And I think the uh, Los Angeles Rams uh, head on to the Super Bowl, and we'll talk about who their opponent will be next segment. So we'll start talking about this Kansas City-New England uh, uh, game. Uh, in Kansas City, we've heard all about the weather. Uh, we've heard plenty, uh, and I will have a take, and it's not a rant. I'm not you know, uh, promising you that I'm going to get all fired up and start screaming and yelling, uh, but I will have uh, some words on that. Pat's hype video and the fact that the New England Patriots have decided it's us versus them versus the world and that no one believes in them and that no one thinks they can win blah 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 but we'll get to that in the next segment coming up uh, George as you think about this Rams Saints game anything that from off the board you think could influence this one I'm not talking about like someone running on the field but like any players that you think have some upside here or guys that you're you know, sort of keeping in the back of your mind that might have influence on this game that others might be, not be thinking about before we go. Is it a defensive player? You've mentioned Talib, which I think is a great take. Uh, we've talked about Sue and Donald up front. Anybody that you think might have uh, an influence on this contest uh, that we uh, have not spoken about or, or someone who has some upside from a DFS perspective? I mean, from a DFS, I mean, I know we're all looking for that guy who's going to differentiate and. It's, uh, I think you said it earlier, Josh Hill. I mean, that's someone outside of Michael Thomas and, for that matter, Ted Ginn has to step up in that passing game for, the, for Breeze. You know, and we don't know too many of these other names. You know, Traquan Smith, that's another guy here. You know, you mentioned Chris Hogan for the New England, that's for the other game. I think a lot of people are going to be on him, too, because he's the name everyone knows here. So I'm going to look for a name in this game, and Traquan Smith just might be it. There you go. I like it. Uh, um, hell, you know, I, I may have some lineups that have Taysom Hill as my quarterback just uh, in case they get really funky in this game and he throws for a touchdown. That could be fun. I'm not really. Well, maybe I will. Maybe just for fun, I will. We'll, we'll see how some lineup construction shakes out. Uh, maybe catches and passes for a touchdown in the same game. Uh, that would be fun. Uh, with that said, we're going to take a break here. We're going to come back on the other side and break down the Kansas City and New England game. We'll talk some DFS. We'll talk some wagering along the way. And of course, uh, it's Dan and George right here on Fantasy Sports Safe. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, back with more after this. 